1: This is St. Mary's School for Children with the Stigmata. Episode 4. The Infirmary. Whenever the girls at St. Mary's got sick, we were sent upstairs to the school's run-down infirmary on the ominous third floor. In its past life, this section of the building was a hallway-style dorm, with cinder-block walls painted mint green and a speckled yellow tile floor. But now it was one long, empty space, sectioned out by dingy white curtains that you could pull around each bed. It was shadowy and sterile, stinking of off-brand disinfectant and bleach. It was also an eerily quiet place, where the only sound you could hear was the ticking of an old clock that hung above the entryway. It was kept that way, they said. To help you rest. We came here to manage our wounds and recover from visions. But we also went for normal things like colds, dental cleanings, and eye exams. Staffed with its own small team of rotating, private, medical professionals, we were constantly assured that we were very special little girls receiving the best treatment available for any sickness you can think of. Who knows who these people were? We all just assumed they were locals sworn to secrecy like the women from St. Vinnie's. But my theory was maybe they had something they owed the church, something they hid. Maybe this was just a part of their penance. Or worse, maybe it was some kind of reward. I think about this a lot. How these men had so much access to our vulnerable little bodies, how they'd dress our wounds, or put their stethoscopes on our backs and tell us to breathe in and breathe out. How even though we saw them so often for so many different ailments, I can't remember a single face of any person on staff. In a lot of ways, this is just like everything else at St. Mary's, right? It's so hard to tell what was real and what just felt real. Like in the infirmary, the green walls and the yellow floors were definitely real, but the treatments? I'm not so sure. I have impressions, and I say impressions rather than memories on purpose, of lying there, recovering, after longer visions, and having some faceless, nameless doctor hastily jotting down notes while Sister Mary asked me the same question over and over again.
0: Tell me, Florence, what did you see?
1: I'd start to talk, but something always stopped me.
0: You're holding back. Why? I feel crazy. You know I believe you. Be a good girl and tell me what you saw. I...
1: I... It was usually at this point that I'd pretend to go catatonic or fall asleep. I'd hear her say,
0: Completely useless.
1: and stomp into the hallway. Eventually, they would leave for the night to let me rest. But as unnerved as I was to have them there, it was somehow worse when they were gone. The sounds of the building were enough to keep anyone awake. But as the hours crawled by, I began to see things, too. Shadow figures moved on the walls. Unseen hands ran along the curtain around my bed, jangling the rings that held them on the rods. A large, horrific bloodstain would creep across the floor receding in the morning just as the light began to peek through the windows. I still wonder what Sister Mary was hoping to learn about my visions. Or if what I saw in the infirmary wasn't all part of what I was supposed to see.
0: You've been a very bad girl, Florence. Sister Mary collected.
1: Sister? I dropped to the floor. If you're familiar with the saying there are no atheists in a foxhole, you'll know what I felt at that very moment. I hadn't for a long time anyway been a person who believed in anything, but the combination of the week's news, nightmares, and noises made me mouth at the Our Father before I even knew I was doing it. I belly-crawled across the brown tile floor from the living room to the front door and listened. A delivery truck. That's right. I was getting a package delivered that day. I heard the tires peel as the drivers sped away towards their next drop-off, and once they were gone, I opened the door and pulled in a large box that contained my next month's pandemic supplies. Late spring days in the desert are long, so even though it was dinner time, the sun had barely begun its descent towards the horizon. I opened up the box to see what was on the menu for the night. Box of mac and cheese. Cup of noodles. Canned soup. Endless possibilities. The other items in the box seemed more like a time capsule of the early pandemic days than a useful provision kit. All the things i panic-purchased had finally arrived three months too late. A thermometer. One N95 mask. Ibuprofen. Specifically not aspirin, per the early guidance and a six-pack of see-through toilet paper that I'd paid entirely too much for. My Lysol wipes never arrived, but the off-brand pack did the job. Besides, who had I even seen since March? Who was I protecting myself from? I opened the disinfectant wipes to clean some dried blood off my yellowing Formica countertops. The smell was a strong antiseptic scent that
0: I'd know anywhere. (laughs) Ladies... (laughs) Ladies, take out your Latin textbooks and open to page 71 for our Unit 2 review. You'll see here the vocabulary that we focused on in these previous lessons, particularly second declension nouns that end in the letter R. I raised my hand. Sister Mary Collette? Yes, Florence. Shouldn't we wait for Timothy? Normally we would, but I'm afraid it'll just be us this morning. Timothy isn't feeling well and will be spending the day in the infirmary. What a tragedy. Is he okay? He's fine, Florence. He's just. He's communing with the Lord. Father Donovan says he's not to be disturbed. Oh. Don't worry about him, Florence. He's doing better than all of us combined. When people like Timothy are receiving God's blessing, the only thing we can do is pray that the same happens to us one day. Don't we already have God's blessing? Isn't that why we're all here? (laughs) (laughs) Katrina. Marjorie. What the devil has gotten into you two? Sister Mary Colette, it's just... It's just nothing! You two are acting incredibly immature. Especially for young ladies with your incredible gifts. It doesn't reflect well on you to be so uncaring. Uncharitable. I'm sorry, sister. You're sorry? Seriously, Marjorie? Well, that's fine if you're sorry, but I'm not. I'm not even little. This won't happen again, sister. Katrina, sit down. Now. Kat, please. No. We've spent our whole lives here, bleeding in this stupid school, proving our devotion to Christ with our blood, with our bodies, and he comes in without even a mark on him and we're just supposed to believe that he's special? You spoiled brat. You obviously... Don't understand or deserve the gift you've been given. Such a waste. A a gift? This isn't a gift. This is bullshit. Leave my classroom. No. We're supposed to be the chosen ones. But if I'd known that I wouldn't have to bleed for this, I would have prayed to make it
1: stop. (laughs) Stop. The sides of Katrina's white oxford shirt and grey sweater soaked with crimson as blood poured from her eyes. What's happening? God! She screamed. Sister Mary Collette ran from the room to find help as Marjorie and I tried to get Katrina to lie down onto the floor. What's happening to her? I don't know. I don't
0: know. She's never done this before. We need to help her. Katrina! Katrina, can you hear me? Katrina!
1: But Katrina couldn't hear us. Her back was arched, turning her chest and face up towards the ceiling. She stooped on her knees as if being forced, and held her hands and wrists to the sky at eerie, unnatural angles. She saw something in the ceiling tiles above her. Something terrifying. I turned away. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Though it didn't seem to be working, Marjorie began to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. She kept repeating it over and over again.
0: Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
1: We both watched as Katrina held this unholy posture with blood streaming down her face until Marjorie couldn't take it anymore. She wrapped her arms around her friend, trying to just stop the bleeding.
0: Please, God. Please, Katrina.
1: And then finally, there was silence. Sister Mary Collette and Father Donovan rushed into the room with a wheeled cot that somehow resembled a stretcher and took her out of the room as Marjorie and I looked on. Is she going to be alright? Marjorie asked me, feebly. I don't know. Of course not. She stood up in a daze, wiping her bloody hands on her red plaid kilt, and walked out of the room. Marjorie? I said. Wait. But she didn't. Later that night, long after everyone had gone to bed, weary from the day's adventures, I laid in bed unable to fall asleep, though I had seen this type of body horror, so to speak, since I was a little girl. It was the first time it had ever felt vindictive. "'It scared me. All this time I thought it was supposed to be a gift. But was it really? "'Because what I'd seen was clearly a punishment. "'For reasons I didn't know then, and probably never will, I decided to walk to the third-floor "'infirmary, at night, alone. Something inside me said there was something there I needed to see.' I made it to the top of the stairs and down the ominous narrow hallway, and finally to the door of the infirmary. The curtains were drawn around two beds, one for Timothy, and the other for Katrina. I steeled myself and walked into the room. I walked to Timothy's bed and peeked behind the curtain. He was there, sleeping comfortably. I let out a sigh of relief and let the curtain drop from my finger. But then I looked at the curtain around Katrina's bed. I walked towards it, slowly, trying to not make a sound. I reached toward the curtain, gripped it in my hand, and slowly pulled it back. But there was no one there. I backed away from her bed, confused and terrified. I turned to run to the door, but then I saw her. Katrina, on her knees, body contorted in unspeakably painful positions, but somehow at eye level as though she was suspended in mid-air. She could see me. She looked into my eyes at my terrified expression and mouthed the words, Help me. Thank you for listening to this episode of St. Mary's School for Children with the Stigmata. If you enjoyed this chapter, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to support this podcast so we can keep making more episodes, click the support link in the show notes. To learn more about this and all our projects, visit our website, newgirlpictures.com.